Hello and welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Van Lee, joined alongside Logan Plant. How you doing, Logan? Doing great, Kev. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's uh, a pretty quiet week this week for uh, for news in the grand scheme of things. There's a couple of things to talk about here, but not a whole lot. Hello, everyone. Editing Kevin here. Originally, this episode started with a discussion surrounding Bayonetta 3 and all of the controversy that has been happening with that game over the past couple of days regarding uh, contract disputes between Platinum Games and the original voice actor for Bayonetta in the first two games. But within about 12 hours of recording the episode, uh, a lot of new information came to light that really changed the entire situation and made the discussion that we had on the show uh, quite outdated. So we decided to cut that from this week's episode, and maybe when we get more information on the situation as things keep on coming out, we can come back and revisit it in the next week or two. But for this week's episode, that won't be here, and we'll get back to the show. We'll be talking about Gotham Knights. And then the other small bit of news. So Gotham Knights, uh, this game has been in the news a, a couple of different times. Uh, one of those was be, be, was because they were getting rid of the last-gen versions of the game and bumping it up yep. to just a current-gen PS5, Xbox Series game. And now they're coming out and saying it's only going to play at 30 FPS and there's going to be no performance mode option on uh, on either console. So uh, <laughs> I guess it makes sense why they didn't want to bring it to last gen, because I can't imagine that that would run well at all if the current gens are, are going to have this situation. Uh, but yep. What do you think about Gotham Knights? This game is not shaping up very well right now. No, it uh, it the gameplay has really not grabbed me over the last months. We, we, we've had multiple gameplay showcases for this things for, for this thing. And every time I'm like, man, it just it just does not look very enthralling to me. Uh, I know there's still plenty of people who are excited for it. Uh, and I guess what I really think is I'm glad that they did end up canceling that last gen release, right? Instead of releasing some broken thing to that larger install base, like Good on them. If Cyberpunk didn't happen, I don't know if they do this. Like, I, I always wonder that. Like, when, when someone like this, they're like, we're canceling our last-gen release. Is it because that, that was just the decision they wanted to make? Or they see what happened with Cyberpunk when they released a broken last-gen release and then decided to not do that same thing? But either way, I'm glad that happened because they would have been uh, probably scamming quite a few consumers if they have released that thing. Just based on what the next-gen version looks like. Like, 30 FPS yeah. is probably not anywhere close to that on the on the last gen consoles so yeah this is this is a skip for me i think i'm more interested in suicide squad from rocksteady coming out next year i think a lot of people are um but yeah did you see that video where like uh the, the live in la vida loca's playing when they're fighting and it's like a super weird soundtrack choice and it's like why why is that playing i did right not now? see that <laughs> yeah yeah it's super weird previews went out and like a ton of people were talking about like yeah when this happened in our demo session it was like the most like head scratching moment and i saw a clip of the gameplay and it's like yeah it's it's weird yeah yeah, yeah i saw a video of look great there was some combat on a roof or something and there were like two enemies on opposite sides and you would hit one enemy and then basically just slide over to the other enemy, do your <laughs> attack. And then you could slide back. Like uh -huh. your movement just looked really weird and really floaty. And yeah, 
didn't really feel like there was much impact. I also like to think that it's we're at we're two years into these consoles and we've already pushed them to the max. We we can't get performance mode on this thing. We have <laughs> reached the limit of uh, of PS5 and Xbox Series. <laughs> you know, a lot of the conversation about next gen like this week has been like, wow, this stuff hasn't. Lo-. And we're going to talk about next gen. Uh, this <laughs> hasn't looked as good as we expected to, but man, it's not the hardware, it's development time. It's like if they had time and resources to make this thing around at 60, I'm sure they could. They just don't. They got to get these things out. And that's something I've been concerned about for years at this point is like we're getting to the point, and we talked about this recently, games look too good that, gosh, we're we're not going to see a new game from Naughty Dog besides The Last of Us multiplayer for who knows how long because for the visual fidelity they want to squeeze out of these machines, it just takes years and years and years. and at some point, you just got to say, it's time to get this thing out. And I think that's the case with Gotham Knights. It's like, God, they could delay it a year and maybe get it running at a slightly better frame rate or looking a little better. But at some point, these studios have to release these things. And yeah, and in varying states of quality, as yeah. we're seeing with Gotham Knights. Well, in modern gaming, too, there's always the thought of, oh, well, if it does well and has some form of support, maybe we patch that in. in- mm-hmm you know, in a year or whatever, yeah. but there's never a guarantee with that. If the game flops hard, they can abandon it super quick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You uh, foreshadowed it a little bit. Our ode two. Uh, it's been nearly two years, two years next month since Xbox series and PS five have launched. We've talked about it pretty often, especially when it comes to PlayStation, because they've been in the news for, a bunch of different a bunch of different things mm-hmm. over the last couple of months and not much of it is really good. So before we get into to PS5 since we both have stuff to say there, uh first up I you, you don't have a Series X but you do have a Series S. What do you feel about that as we get towards the 2 year anniversary of of that console coming out? Yeah, it's it's I, I I still like my Series S a lot. Uh, I am not using Game Pass as much as I should to justify the cost that I've actually canceled my subscription and oh, really? only when I'm going to play something on Game Pass. Um, yeah, because I once once Zach and I finished uh, Forza Hot Wheels, I was like, I'm not playing anything here right now. Like I'm really wrapped up in games on other consoles, so I'm just going to cancel this and renew when like probably Black Friday uh, when that when that comes around. Um, there'll be deals and I can like get a year for way cheaper or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's tough because game pass, there's so much good stuff on it, but my problem has just been time. Um, so I think game pass is still a, a pretty good deal and has a ton of great games on the service. And I love that it gets the new first party releases on there, but the problem this year has just been, there haven't been any, there's been pretty much nope. no major Xbox exclusive that has made keeping that Game Pass subscription. Oh, and then next month this comes out, and then next month this comes out. There has been some cool stuff. Tunic is something that is on Game Pass that I do want to play, but now I'm having that stupid debate of, or would I rather play this on my Switch in handheld mode? Because it's there now. Uh, But that was a good one. Um, Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite last year. Yeah, I know Halo had a ton of problems, but the single player was great. Forza was amazing across the board last year. So I think that... The problem with both of these machines right now is just the the content, the the new first party stuff. And Xbox, there's so much stuff in the pipeline, but when the heck is it coming? 
right? And they did have their show where they were like, everything you're seeing today is coming in the next 12 months. And that was a pretty decent show. But now it's time for some of these things to start actually rolling out. Uh, Starfield is next year. I will probably try it out just because it will be on Game Pass. Uh, And then you've got Redfall, which Zach and I are going to play together from Arcane. And then, yeah, there's some other cool stuff coming out. And there's some stuff on Game Pass I do want to play, like As Dusk Falls, that that visual novel choice-based game that that looks pretty interesting. I just haven't gotten around to it. So I am happy with with the Xbox Series S. I'm happy with the performance. I still think it's a great price to get a next-gen system at $300. It's been going going on sale a couple times, too. I've seen it for like $270 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's like, it's still an outstanding deal. And like, I just think like, if you're someone who has not ever had an Xbox, man, you should pick up an Xbox Series S and Game Pass because you can play every Halo, every Gears, all these things that are on there that are, are just great. Um, but yeah, it's just like, where's the big first party stuff? You've been buying these studios. I thought last year we were getting to the point where they were going to start consistently churning out content. Seems like we're, maybe that could be next year. Maybe it could be next year where it seems the, like some the of the Bethesda stuff's going to be going to be coming out. <laughs> yep. I don't know about yeah. the more traditional Xbox stuff. Like, you know, where where's Fable at? Like, where's that along in development? Yeah. And, and what, Forza yeah, Motorsport comes out next year, too, I think. Yeah, uh, so, I think so. so that's that's a good one, too. Um, yeah. And then there's that cool. I'm forgetting the name of it now. But that RPG from Obsidian that's like looks like old-timey feudal yeah i don't remember what that one's called did it has it gotten anything beyond that initial trailer did it get another one uh it got it got some people have been playing it like oh really yeah oh i I don't remember what it is unaware but but yeah that game looks pretty cool so there's definitely cool stuff in, in the pipeline for xbox um but yeah, th- this year has been a little bit barren, which sometimes you see in year two of a console. That, that, to be fair, you do sometimes see that. You have all the big stuff in year one, and then sometimes it does seem like year two is like they're kind of gearing up for the next big things after that. Depends on if they can hit, because that's that's been the problem for Xbox, too. Even if they have big games, it's like, oh, are they really going to hit? It's basically Forza Horizon is the, is the one that yeah. you can count on to be quality, and then everything else is like, oh, it could be good. Mm-hmm. maybe not as much i don't know and yeah it's with game pass pentiment pentiment that's right and it's coming out on november 15th oh yeah so it is less than a month away oh wow so that, that'll be a cool game i'll hop back in probably i'll probably <laughs> check out yeah I'll probably game check pass that one out. yeah i feel like game pass would be uh, a much easier sell to just have all the time if you are only on xbox when you're yeah. talking about you own a switch and maybe you own a playstation as well that's a lot of a lot of games vying for your time. And if you pick the game up like retail, you kind of want to play that, right? <laughs> Rather yeah. than, you know, playing a, a bunch of games that you have in a subscription library. Yep. Um, yeah. Always, always tough. How do you feel about having a digital console two years in? That's that, been fine. That still been chill. Yeah, it's been fine. The only annoying, the only like my sister has an Xbox and I don't remember what game we were talking about, but she's like, Oh, I can lend it to you. And I'm like, Nope, you, you can't, I, I can't play it. <laughs> yeah. So that's been the only, only kind of bummer thing, but um, to save the $200 initially on, on the console. And then I don't have shelf space for a series X. Like that thing is so big. Like the way my entertainment center is laid out, like the series S slots in perfectly on one of my shelves. I don't have room for a series X. And then honestly, like, 
I feel like I would have spent a lot more money on Xbox games uh, in the last year and a half since picking up my console if I had a disc drive. Like Black Friday, I would have been like, oh, I'll grab all this Xbox stuff <laughs> yeah. and then probably wouldn't have gotten around to it yet. So I think it saved me a lot of money in the long run. And it, it definitely is like the Switch is my primary console. And then I don't even know what I play second most right now. Probably my PlayStation right now. But um, yeah, so it hasn't been bad. If I didn't have physical on my on my switch or something like that i wouldn't like it but xbox with game pass it's fine not having a not having a disc drive i don't really mind it at all yeah the game game pass makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. and the, the price is just worth anyways. it like remember the xbox one sad edition where it was like still like 250 dollars oh, yeah, like, yeah really like the price there didn't make sense the pricing here does make sense yeah so that's xbox now let's get into PlayStation. <laughs> oh, and a Plague Tale is going to be on Game Pass. Oh, That's just yeah. a big one. That's a big that one. one. That's out. a big that one's coming Game out. Pass yeah. game that just got out. So yeah, I'll give them credit there. The, the games are starting to come out for the fall. Uh, you going to hop back into Game Pass now? Uh, for for Plague Tale, I haven't even played the first one. So no. For Pentiment? Probably. Maybe next month. Yeah. We'll see what I'm playing. Next month, I'm pretty busy with uh, Sonic and Pokemon. So oh, yeah. Maybe not right away. But what's nice about these first party ones is I don't think there's fear of them leaving. Like other yeah, games, there's just fear on that they're going to go away. Yeah. But this is like, oh, whenever I pick it back up, I'll have this there to play. So that is nice that like near Automata, I really wanted to play. And then I went, I'm like, oh, it's no longer on Game Pass. Yep. That, that was kind of disappointing. But yeah, it's nice that the first party ones I don't think are ever really going to leave. I feel like they keep those on there at all times. I mean, that's kind yeah. of one of the selling points is you have Microsoft's first party lineup just all there, you know, all on day yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. All right, PlayStation. <laughs> so we can we can both talk about this. And we've, we've talked about it a lot. So I feel like we're going to yeah. be treading uh, similar ground from from previous conversations. But yeah, I feel like a lot of it in, in past conversations about it is centered on the lack of games, you know. Uh, we're, we're two years into this thing and, and I try to not blow it too far out of proportion because I think with some consoles in the past, that's happened as well. Like that's, Mm -hmm. this isn't some brand new thing where it's like, oh, wow, a new console came out and it has, you know, it has very few games to play on it. Like that's happened before PS4 didn't have all of like the show stoppers that it was getting later on in its life. And I think that PS5 is helped immensely by the fact that it's backwards compatible with, with PS4. I think that's huge. The fact that PS4 wasn't able to do that, I think is much more glaring than, than the PS5 where you can, you have a whole library of games that you can play and they possibly run better as well. Like, mm-hmm. I think that helps it out a lot, but overall, when there's, when there's not something as ubiquitous as game pass, it kind of just sits really (laughs) especially when you have something like a switch where things are getting pumped out constantly we've talked about it before i kind of forget that i have my ps5 sometimes which is crazy because it took a lot of effort to get it and then it just sits there yep yeah i'm i'm looking at the uh the best the best playstation 4 games in 2014 which was like its first full year out was gta 5 which was a port of the PS3 yep. version, and The Last of Us Remastered, which was a yep. port of the PS3 version, Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition, a port of a PC game, Rayman Legends, good game, and then, like, Dragon Age Inquisition, Minecraft, like, these things that were kind of in the same area. 
with with PS5. Uh, so I, yeah, I don't think I'm not like hitting the panic button on on PS5. I just feel like the early adopter window has gone on a little bit longer than maybe we thought it was going to. And there's been major delays to a lot of things. Uh, we were supposed to have Horizon and God of War last year, and they both made it this year instead. Uh, so yeah, I still think. I still think that it will end up being worth having a PS5, right? Like there will be good stuff released on it. Eventually there will stop being these same games released on PS4 uh, eventually. Still not yet. But there's still been some good games in, in the first two years that I've really enjoyed playing on PS5. I love Astro's Playroom. I think that was an awesome game that come, came bundled with the system. I really liked uh, Sackboy, even though that is on PS4. Uh, and then Elden Ring, I really like, and that is also cross-gen, but it still looks better on PS5. Uh, like, there still are things that Returnal, you know, I struggle to finish that game, but I, I like it when I play it. It's just way too hard. Uh, so there's still been some good stuff in the first two years. Um, I think more concerning than what we've had so far is, like, what's coming up? Because we still don't really know what's God coming War. up. God of War is coming out soon. God of War, and... people are playing it now. Um Sonic, yeah. I'm gonna play on my on my PlayStation. But in terms of exclusives from Sony, we know nothing about Spider-Man, and then that's it. Like that's it. We don't know. We don't know when stuff's coming out. Um next year I think we'll be good. I think a year from now we'll be sitting happier with our PS5s than this year because by this time next year on my PS5, I will have played probably Spider-Man 2. I think it'd be out around this time. I will Final Fantasy 16 is out next year. We'll be like one or two months away from Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth next year. Yeah. Which is both those Final Fantasy games are PS5 exclusive. They're not on PS4. Um, and and we'll know about more things coming down the pipeline. Like there's Sonic Frontiers I'm playing on my PS5. Like there's there's stuff in the pipeline. I just need to know more about the first party games. Yeah, there's hopefully we'll get something that kind of lays it out because we really don't have a uh a really good roadmap for that. Looking back at the PS4, I feel like those were some of those re-releases were a little bit more warranted just because it wasn't backwards compatible some of the time when yeah. you're getting these re-releases on PS5 for the price that some of them are going for. It does feel mm -hmm. a little weird because you have a, a much cheaper option to play it on PS4, backwards compatibility on a PS5. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's just the nature of gaming at this point because games take so long to make you really have to go back to the re-release well either re-releases or you know the gold editions all the dlc bundled in you know ghost of tsushima had the director's cut like those i feel like are much more necessary now to, to pad out the schedule when you just don't have a whole lot else that's going to be releasing yep re-releases and indies that is that is kind of what is uh keeping keeping the playstation 5 library alive right now yeah. yeah and there's still some good stuff we haven't played like we neither of us have played ratchet and clank but then that's a separate issue is like i don't want to spend how much money on ratchet and Clank. yeah let, so 70 dollars playstation was the one that that ushered that in and man when i look back to the ps4 i got into so many different series because I got in at a relatively low price point. Maybe that's partly because that I got in a little bit later to, to PS4 than I did PS5. Mm -hmm. But I felt like in general, games would 
would drop a lot quicker. And from PlayStation's point of view, obviously they want games to hold their value as long as possible and get the most amount of money from, from each sale. But I also feel like there is some value in having timely sales to bring people into certain series. Mm-hmm. You, you get them in with, with one of the games and then maybe they love it and they'll be there day one, the next, the next time. Yeah. But if the game stays at a certain price point that the consumer doesn't feel is really valuable, maybe they don't play that game. And maybe because they didn't play that game, they're not inclined to play whatever comes next from that series or yeah. from that developer. Um, These games maybe- are still pretty new, though. Uh, well, they are still pretty new. Ratchet & Clank has already dropped. It's been 35 bucks. It has been 50% off. It has not been that for very long. And then it jumps back up to pretty much full price. But like, I would not be surprised if Ratchet & Clank this Black Friday is $29.99. And then it's like, yeah, that is a reasonable price. Uh, it's not as as clutch as like 15 or 20 15, like 20 these bucks. things have gotten before. But when that's a 50 it's over 50 percent discount from 70 dollars full price like i think if ratchet and clank gets 29 bucks i'll buy it like this this black friday um yeah so we are it is still pretty early but yeah just starting at that 70 mark makes it so much harder to get down to that 20 mark like nothing really does um trying to think of any 70 dollar game like death loop was 60 i don't think it was 70 and i've seen it for like 20 bucks like Returnal I've seen for like 35, but yeah. never really lower. Like, yeah, it seems like the mid thirties is the lowest these things are going. Yeah. Maybe people don't want to hop in at that. And the 70 yeah. bucks, I know it, it sounds a little bit ridiculous that it would, that it would skew me as much as it does sometimes. But I really do think a lot more about certain purchases. Like, do I need this game on day one for a possible $70? Mm-hmm. And more often than not, the answer is no. Yeah. Like there will be some games where, yes, I will. I will hop in at that $70 price point. But I feel like some games have gotten knocked off from buying it day one or around launch to. Yeah, I'm going to wait for a price drop or two. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not dropping 70 on that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to think what $70 games I've bought so far. Because Horizon had the $10 upgrade. Did. Returnal I got for like 55, like on launch day. So it was a $70 game that I got for like normal price. Uh, and then <laughs> I'm trying to think, what, have I? Lost Judgment was 60. I think the only one I bought was the first 70 was Tiny Tina. And that's because Zach and I played it together. I think that's the only one that I've gone in for 70 unless i'm forgetting something so yeah and it's been two years i have largely stayed away from yeah. the the 70 games well i feel like I it's gonna find god of war it's gonna be getting harder because you know sony's gonna be moving away from ps4 and ps5 you know cross cross-gen releases and so are the the third-party publishers and when they do they're gonna bring everything up to 70 bucks i would assume and then then that's gonna be the question you have to answer for basically every major release whether it be first yep. or third party like Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I will pay $70 for that. I don't want to put that in the public because that'll help them charge that, but I would. I'd buy that day one. That's how much, that's how excited I am for that game. Final Fantasy 16? No, I wouldn't. I'm not invested in in that franchise of Final Fantasy, so I would wait on that one. But for 60, I'll probably pick up Final Fantasy 16. You're, it is such a weird mental thing. It's 10 bucks, <laughs> but it does it does make such a big difference. 
Yeah, and when you've got multiple different consoles vying for your time and vying for your money, especially when it when when you go over to Nintendo and they're still sixty bucks for for each for each game on launch. Yep. Like, man, you, you think about that a little bit more. It's like, man, why don't I just pick it pick up a game on Switch instead, save ten bucks and get a fun a fun experience anyways on my mm-hmm. Switch. Like, oh yeah. The Switch right now, we're just in that golden era. We're in that right time right now. We yep. have a lot that's coming out. There's a lot out already. Man, yeah, it's it's in a good place. It's like where the PS4 was when we both picked up our PS4s. Like, yeah. what, you got it in late 2016, I got mine mid-2017, and it's like, yeah, that that is just in the sweet spot. Um, I mean, games are pumping out left and right, mm-hmm. and there's already a decent library built up that you can go back to. Yep, it's a good spot to be in. Like, man, next year looks so good for Switch. I can't wait. Like, Pikmin 4, Zelda, and Fire Emblem. Man, those those are all going to be really, really cool. And then it's like, that's more than I know anything else <laughs> about, about PlayStation. Yeah, first party-wise. Why don't we talk a little bit about the new features that PlayStation 5 added? Do you use those little achievement uh, panels? No, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Quick resume is the greatest thing this generation and it's not, has, and it's not on PlayStation. And it's not on, on PlayStation, which is crazy. Yeah, I feel like, mm-hmm. man, that's something that they need. I feel like that that is one of those features that isn't a gimmick. It's just a great quality of life thing yep. that you're just going to constantly use. Whereas the achievement, the trophy thing, just disappeared on launch basically i have never looked at those ever the they don't car, do the activity cards anything yeah yeah me neither yeah i don't use that at all uh the dual sense uh, if i like what it does or not is really game specific for me didn't really care for it in horizon all that much like it didn't add anything to the experience in astros it's great in returnal it's great so that's really a case-by-case basis on if i like what the dual sense does you can decide uh, but- if you want to have a good battery life or an atrocious battery life. <laughs> Gosh, the ba- it is just so bad. I it feels like a wired controller to me. Like it is worse than the I I haven't played my PlayStation in a couple weeks and then I went to play Tiny Tina with Zach and I turned on my PlayStation and there was enough battery in my controller to turn on the PlayStation and that was it. I was like, "Okay, I'll grab the other one." And then it was it was dead. Both my controllers are completely dead after just sitting idle for a couple of weeks. And it's like, man, really? These are it's like the Wii still U. kind of new. Yeah, it is like the gamepad. Like the battery life is so terrible. And when we talked about this, this console, that was like on our top three wish list of things we wanted to be better was battery life. Because yeah, the PS4 wasn't great either. But I feel like especially if you have, you know, the extra features of the controller on. Yeah, it is significantly worse yep. than the PS4 was. Now, granted, the PS4's feature that it added was basically a nothing. It was the light bar, (laughs) which has no real function as compared to, you know, that the haptic feedback that you can get from the DualSense. So I get that like it has more utility, but man, I I play my switch and that pro controller goes for days and then I go to PlayStation and within one play session i'm starting to run out of battery life like, what, what is happening here yeah yeah so that that's an issue that we're dealing with for another generation because it's not going to get better they just announced that 200 controller Kev. Oh god yeah 200 bucks i don't get those controllers um 
I'm already sitting here like I don't want to spend $70 on these controllers. <laughs> I'm not going to be spending $200 on a controller. Mm -hmm. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. But PS5 is really the only one that doesn't have some form of quick resume because the Switch, the sleep mode, yeah, it's only with one piece of software, but use that all the time. Use it all the time. Just like you can pop it into sleep mode whenever. And that's still very great five years in. And then Series S and X has that, but on a much larger scale of multiple pieces of software. But PS5, do you use rest mode? I don't. It's rest mode is so finicky that I don't use it. Like it causes people's consoles to crash. And like that's yeah. a lot of issues is rest mode. So I just don't use rest mode. I remember reading articles about, you know, the, it closing the game or things going wrong. And so yeah. I've just gotten into the habit of, of shutting it off completely. Another thing is... For, for for my living setup, sometimes I was sleeping in the same room as I have this entertainment center. And God, the light on the PS5 when it is in rest mode and it's doing the like glowing yellow or whatever. Uh -huh. It is ridiculously bright. And I, I'm kind of, I kind of get annoyed by it, even when it's on, like the blue light that it emits, even when it's on kind of annoys me sometimes. Like when... Like, let's say, for example, I'm watching a movie on Netflix or something and I have the lights out and I've got the screen and I'm watching it. And then I just have this uh -huh. bright blue pulsating light on the right side. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it. Yeah, I agree. I still like the look of the console, though. I, I do like it. I know people really split when it was revealed, but I've, I always liked how it looked. I, obviously, the digital edition does look sleeker just without the little bump for the disc. But I, I like how the, the console looks. Overall, that hasn't worn on me. It is still massive. It is a huge, huge mm. thing that takes up a ton Absurdly of space. Big, but yeah, I like the white. I like. I've said this before. Now that I have the OLED, all three of my consoles are primarily white, uh, which they look really nice together. So that's good. But yeah, I mean, I still like it. I still like both all the consoles, right? Like these are very these are very first world problems. At the end of the day, like we're talking about our our, our gaming systems. But I still like them all a lot. Um, I just. The PS4, we talked about this, was it was toe-to-toe -to -toe for with my Nintendo consoles for me when when I got it, which was is saying a lot because I'm mostly a Nintendo guy. And I thought the PS5 would be in that same boat, and it's just not even close. Like what's your what's your pie chart split, Kev? What's your pie chart split of where you spend your gaming time? Now, currently? Yeah, right now. Right now, it's nearly a hundred percent on Switch. I'm if yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I yeah. I've talked about it before. I've only really played what? three games on on my ps5 astros playroom yeah. horizon and uh final fantasy VII integrate <laughs> that's that's it everything else is on my switch or the occasional thing that i play on pc like yeah. it basically sits there and streams things for me like mm -hmm. at this point it's got to be like over 90 95 percent on switch yeah because I'd say I'm like 60% on Switch and probably like 15 to 20% on PlayStation. And then I'm not really playing my Xbox right now without Game Pass. Uh, and then the re rest is like retro consoles. Like I've been playing a ton of GameCube lately for no reason. Like I just was super always great. GameCube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 like I thought the PS5 would match the Switch right now. It's matching the GameCube. It is just not where I expected to be two years in. Yeah, and I think I think the next year or two is is going to be 
a big deal for it because like we've said it new consoles will go through these growing pains of not having a lot of games to play but i feel like if, if we're sitting here in another year or two and having a similar conversation like oh yeah there's been another you know couple of games that i've really enjoyed but that's kind of it i feel like that's when you start to get to the point of like oh, you know what's what's going on here and then you do have to worry about are these games taking too long and is there just not going to be as many games pumped out as 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 previous but yeah and we also have to remember we still got time. the minority that does not like god of war so, <laughs> so most people true. are very excited that in three weeks they're going to be playing god of war we're just not in that group so that is something to remember like and, and you didn't play elden ring right so like the, the the two games that are probably the biggest ps5 games of the year you didn't you, you're not interested in personally so that is something too like there is there is stuff there i think that we are uh just stuff that isn't quite hitting us yet. Yeah. Uh, and also there's, there's the factor we've talked about too, of burnout of, of the Sony style of games. And that's another reason that God of War isn't super interesting to me. It's just like, yeah, I just played Horizon. It's like, I don't need to play. I hey, just played God of War. And I just played God of War. <laughs> do you need to play it again? <laughs> no, I do not. I do not. Yeah. So time will tell still we're, very early on two years in the grand scheme of things is not that long, but I'm hoping that we're sitting here in another year or two and going over some of the really fun times we had with some of the new games that came out on, on PlayStation or, or Xbox. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully there's going to be a lot more to talk about on, on the games front. Uh, yep. And Sony make better, better decisions. You've been making some really poor decisions. Uh, please be better in the next year or two, please. Do we want to do a quick what we've been playing before wrap up? I have not sure. been playing too much. Uh, I've gotten back into Xenoblade now that Baron Breakfast is off my plate. And I'm having fun. It's starting to open up now. I feel like I've gotten through, obviously, the tutorials never end, but kind of that intro uh, to some of the base mechanics. Then you get to kind of this fight that I feel like kind of encapsulates the end of the of the of the prologue and things start to get going. Um, Which one? It's. Uh, the, the fight with the other Ouroboros and, and you break one of the, the major things uh -huh, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of sets in motion the uh, the mystery of, of the story yep. kind of God. in full. That, that fight is so epic and like the cutscenes that are all surrounding it and it's like, man, this could be like the end of a game and it's like, you're at the start. Like, that's how I felt in that fight. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, it was a really cool fight. Appreciated the uh, the ability to to swap my loadout because <laughs> I I failed on the fight like a time or two. I kind of I went in, I was like swapping uh, character builds in their different classes because I was trying to level those up, and I messed up and had two in the same class that I didn't want to be, and so I uh -huh. kind of came in uh, at a personal disadvantage. So it was nice to be able to, if I failed, to you know completely swap everything out and you know give people new items, different move sets um, for the, those fights. That was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was very nice to be able to do that without having to like completely back out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's good. And I'm excited to have the game kind of open up more because, you know, in the beginning it's relatively linear. Obviously you can go out to these different areas in the map and, you know, kind of explore around in the area. But once you kind of get beyond that prologue, then things really open up and you can accept all these different quests and just randomly go off and, and do random stuff. That's not tied to the main story for hours and hours and hours. So I'm, I'm looking forward to mm -hmm. diving into kind of the meat of the game. Cause I feel like I'm at the point where that, 
that stuff all kind of starts. Awesome. Yeah, I'm playing that a little bit too. I didn't I didn't list it because uh, I don't really have anything new to say. But yeah, I'm still playing that. I'm getting nervous though because my big November games are coming out soon. And it's here like, we oh, go. Yeah. Is 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 <laughs> what what were you saying before that, that you were going to try and stay ahead of me? <laughs> uh huh. We'll see if oh, that I'm keeps still going. Way, I'm still way ahead. <laughs> I'm still way ahead for now. How long does that yeah. last? <laughs> How many hours are you in? What's your hour count? Uh, ten hours. Okay, I'm at I'm at uh, twenty eight, twenty nine. Okay, so I'm still ahead of me for now. Decent way ahead. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, gosh, I gotta play some today. And I've been so busy. Um, but I've been playing. I started Bug Fables. I yeah, I saw bit. that on there. That made me happy. Finally yeah, getting I around was, to it. I was like, shoot, uh, that's one of the games you picked for me to play. And the rule is, if I don't finish it this year, or at least give it a good enough try to know if I like it, then I can't pick a game for you to try next year. And you've yep. already completed mine, Captain Toad. I have not gotten to Zach's yet, <laughs> Catherine. I, I got to get to it. I also have not. I'll get and to it. Catherine. I don't know if I'll get to it before the end of the year, but I will play it within the next year, <laughs> I think. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so I did start that. Um, not really far enough to have any impressions. I just met met the characters kind of getting started. And it's very Paper Mario. I, yep. I like it. I like it. So looking forward to keeping playing that. And then Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, continuing the slow burn of that with Zach. We are at the end. We're at the final chapter. Ooh. So next time we play that, we will have it finished. Um, yeah, I'm getting a little burnt out on it. I don't think that the looter shooter style is exactly for me. I get just, I don't remember if I voiced this on the show before, but it's just loot overload, man. I get these guns I like, and then I feel like an hour later they're outdated. And I'm like, man, yeah. it should be fun to upgrade and switch, but I like my setup so much right now. Like, I don't you really have to switch. be malleable with, with your loadout because it changes constantly. And I, I kind of felt that too. I felt like I was never, I was never as apt to completely swap my loadouts like all the time. And I would get to the point where I'm like, oh, this gun actually sucks now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh -huh. it would happen more than once yeah so i'm at that place with a couple guns but i'm just too attached to let them go but it's still fun it's, it's funny and i like how it looks a lot and i love how the, the side quests are super cool because they adjust to your level um so you can go if you didn't do a side quest from like the first area of the game you can go back and do it and actually meaningfully level up your character for the main mission so it's cool That's how nice. that all works yeah. out it's it's really smart uh, and then Metroid Prime, I'm playing on GameCube Ooh. is what I'm playing right now. On my on my other podcast, we ranked the top 25 GameCube games. This got a very high ranking, even though I have not finished it. So I decided, you know, I'm tired of waiting for this remaster. If it comes out, whatever, I'm yeah. just going to play it now. Um, so I've been playing it on my GameCube, uh, on a CRT, and it's so cool. It is such a cool game. It's amazing how good it still looks. Like, I can't even imagine the jump from playing, like, Banjo-Tooie and, and Majora's Mask and then Metroid Prime comes out like a year and a half later. Like, it just looks amazing uh, still to this day and is a super cool game. So, yeah, that's what I'm up to. But Xenoblade. Gonna play Xenoblade. Gotta, gotta keep ahead of me. <laughs> Can't yep, be uh -huh. the Origami King situation where you're, you're like, oh, you gotta play this, and then you stop mm -hmm. and I plow past you and finish the game. <laughs> yeah. I'm never finishing that game. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's uh, I, I wouldn't want to play it again, ever. And a quick thing on GameCube, it still constantly impresses me how good those games still look. Way better than the Wii. Yeah, I mean, that that I think is the really stark comparison that makes them look even yeah. better when you go play the next console and anything that's not like Mario Galaxy, <laughs> basically, yeah. is just like, ooh, that that 
That mm-hmm. does not look good. <laughs> God, are there any other games that still look okay? I don't know, man. Mario Kart Wii looks all right. Yeah. Eh, looks but okay. then I'd go to Double Dash and be like, yeah, I, mean, I, like, yeah. I like the style no. of Double Dash better. I think yeah. Mario Galaxy and Galaxy 2 are the only games that I can point to on the Wii and be like, yeah, those look really good. Everything mm-hmm. else is like, yeah, that's fine. Or, ew, it's it's on the Wii. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Okay, any final thoughts before we wrap up? A little bit of a shorter episode this week. Oh, man, we're close to Sonic. We're real close to Sonic, man. Yeah. Just, uh... What, three weeks from today, I think. Three weeks. That we're recording. That's crazy. That's crazy stuff. Finally get to talk about that game coming out. We've been talking about it for the past year plus with with Uh, Rumor Roundup. Yep. We'll finally get to see what's true and what's not. Well, I'll hear about it from you. What if it's really, really good? If if it blows you away to the mm-hmm. point where it's like, oh, this is like Sonic Generations or possibly better or something like that, mm-hmm. I'd probably play it. Um, but yeah. I'm not going to go there day one yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not as big I'm, a my biggest concern right now is the cyber levels. They they look a little forces ish to me, which were not good. So we'll see yeah. about how those are. But yeah, we're three weeks away from knowing the biggest game release of that week. Of, of, of the one over. of the week of <laughs> not got over not of the month <laughs> and of the month of the year really it's the biggest release of the year. of the generation really uh-huh. if you want to go that far yeah i would <laughs> all right that's gonna do it for us on this week's episode of ode to games we're here on thursdays or fridays apple Podcasts, spotify other podcast streaming services that you may use we're on youtube at ode to games for the video version of the podcast that comes out about the same time the audio version does so you can check that out there we're on Twitter at Ode to Games. You can send an email to odegamescast at gmail.com. For Logan, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.